Hello and welcome to Infinite Possibilities Abound. I'm your host, Debbie Waisner. I was scrolling through stories on my phone when I saw a headline that caught my attention. The gist of the story was, does the shape of a city affect its rainfall? Apparently, this has been studied before, but this newest information is coming out of Austin, Texas. They looked at three shapes, circular, triangular, and rectangular or elongated. Rectangular or elongated follow a highway or a river in most cases. Triangular can be coastal cities that built along the shoreline and then widened as it moved back from the ocean. Circular would include a city like Paris or Indianapolis, Indiana. I live in central Indiana and do have a certain fascination with watching storms. And I've seen storms approaching the Indianapolis area split in two and go around the city. And you're like, well, what was that? A force field of some sort? And that's what this study was examining. Do certain shapes, the type of rain and the amounts of rain and precipitation that they get. Now, there are a variety of factors that can influence a storm or the amount of rain and precipitation. Cities are heat islands. They're typically two to maybe five degrees warmer than the surrounding space 25 to 30 miles outside of their city limits. If a city has green spaces and water, that can cool certain parts of a city. Tall buildings can deflect the wind, and then pollution influences ozone and heat. Now, they were using computer models developed by the National Center for Atmospheric Research. Another thing they did was to test the different shapes in different locations, move the circular cities to the ocean and see what kind of results they got. The computer modeling revealed 22% greater rainfall accumulation daily and triangular cities had the least rain accumulation. So this type of data and research is going to be used in developing new city plans or modifying current ones. So apparently the shape of a city can impact the amount of rain that a certain location gets. I thought that was kind of interesting. In the last episode, I talked about beliefs and how many of them are unconscious patterns that we have acquired from the people around us. So are you carrying beliefs around that aren't yours? You have to examine your life and determine what are your beliefs and what are those beliefs that you've inherited from those around you. Like my friend in college who was dating the same type of guy and getting the same result. Or changing jobs frequently because of boredom or lack of respect. Or you really just don't want to be there. Or you always feel tired or maybe even sick. All of these are patterns that are keeping you stuck where you're at. I've changed a fair number of my own beliefs over time and will continue to do so as new information is revealed. But here's where you can use the universal law of belief that says whatever your beliefs are with emotion and feeling become your reality and truth. Believe it and it becomes possible no matter what aspect of your life you are attempting to change. So you want to reprogram your mind. 
So what kind of power statement can you come up with that's filled with strong emotion? These power statements or affirmations need to be said repeatedly during the day and for several weeks before they're generally accepted as true. At least that's my experience. And here's a statement for your consideration. I am open to changing my beliefs. And changing my beliefs is easy because it will allow me to have the life that I want. Make your own affirmation or or power statement and then apply it. I don't think most of us want to get stuck in a bad relationship, an uncomfortable work situation, or being unhealthy or any other area of your life. So you can write a new chapter or even a whole new book for your new story with beliefs that you intend to create and that will support your new reality. Your beliefs come from the thoughts you think. It's impossible for someone else to think our thought for us, to feel a feeling from our unique perspective. That's up to you. You have free will. You have free choice that comes from a universal source and has many different names depending upon your religious or spiritual beliefs. So do you accept responsibility for your beliefs and thoughts? The easy way is to blame others. It's not my fault, but take some time and reflect and accept that you can make changes. Move out of house of blame, the room of judgment. You have free will and free choice. I've read a lot of different books on or about religious, spiritual, or philosophical matters. There is great wisdom to be found in all these areas and the cultures where they developed. And as I was doing the reading, I noticed that there were a lot of things they all had in common. They just had slightly different ways of getting there. There's much about the Taoists' traditions that appeal to me. And I want to share some of what I've gleaned from reading different Taoist texts. So let's begin. Silence is a great reservoir of strength. Be open. Be receptive. Be aware of what is happening around you. Be selfless. Selflessness centers you. Being centered creates order. Order requires little work or effort. Be honest. Be like water. Water is soft and strong. Water flows. Water yields. Water cleanses. Water is fluid and responsive. Water refreshes. Water goes beneath the surface of things. Speak simply. Do you own your possessions or do they own you? All life, all events contain a certain vibration or frequency. These vibrations can be cooperative or conflict and turbulent. Know how things work and one can stay flexible. Strength is flexibility. Be helpful. Be nourishing. Silence is golden. Pay attention to the silence. Value yourself and let others value you too. Ego devalues both self and work. A calm person is able to make complex events, interactions, and problems appear simple. Be courteous. Practice and learn to see the emptiness in all things. Emptiness reveals the energy or mood of a place or interaction. Make time for silence. 
Make time for reflection. Allow your senses to rest, recover, and be still. This restful reflection will help define what is essential in self and in others. Life consists of life, growth, and death. Life and death are opposites and inseparable. Do not impose or force your values or agenda on others. Do not judge others. Be open to both good and bad people. Wanting to be right is not useful. It blocks cooperation, may cause jealousy, and disrupt progress. To overcome rigid resistance, yield or step back, and resistance reduces or relaxes. Trying too hard produces opposite results. Do not try to impress others and you become more impressive. Know your own blocks and conflicts. Do not take sides. No person can make you happy or healthy or powerful or prosperous. Force or pushing will backfire. Force will cost you support. Force blocks the process. Be content and live simply. Gives you free time and prosperity. Power comes through cooperation. Do you think about your liver at all? I generally am not thinking about it on a daily basis. But your liver has over 300 different functions. It breaks down carbohydrates. It produces glucose. It stores some nutrients. And it's a vital part of the detoxification system of the human body. And it's important in creating bile, which is used to digest and absorb nutrients from the food we eat. There are a number of ingredients that can protect and help your liver operate. Mixed berries, which include blueberries, cranberries, and raspberries, can contain anthocyanins and polyphenols, which can help protect the liver from damage. Green tea combats oxidative stress and protect against non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Coffee gets both good reviews and bad reviews. It makes some people too jittery, so you don't want to consume it at all or change the time and the amount that you consume. But coffee has powerful and protective antioxidants that help liver enzymes rid the body of toxins. Beets and beetroot juice can boost detoxification enzymes and may reduce inflammation and oxidative stress in the liver. Consumption of nuts may reduce oxidative stress and inflammation in the liver and has benefits for the entire body. A small handful of nuts every day is very beneficial for your entire body. Fatty fish has been shown to reduce inflammation, maintain healthy enzyme levels, and may even boost insulin resistance. If you're going to purchase fatty fish, you want to look for a safe, sustainable source. I personally prefer wild-caught Alaskan salmon. Both red and purple grapes contain resveratrol along with other nutrients and are helpful in lowering inflammation and boosting antioxidant levels. And the last food for your consideration is cruciferous vegetables, which I've spoken about before. They're loaded with many beneficial compounds, 
boost liver enzymes, and again, help decrease oxidative stress. Help your liver out by consuming one of these every day. Your liver and your body will thank you. I want to go back to water. I want to go back to the topic of water again today. There is a global crisis, at least that's what I read. I'm not sure how much of the global crisis I actually believe, but we can each be part of the solution in making our water cleaner and more pure and hopefully healthier. So there are always questions you can ask. Are you using a salt-based water conditioning system? Do you use chemicals on your lawn or that kill weeds? Are you more concerned about a green yard than having enough water to drink? Are you still using toxic cleaning agents? You can be a positive influence to others around you by what you do. The first year I bought my house, I used some lawn chemicals to kill weeds and green up the yard. But that changed very quickly for me. I investigated the chemicals and found that they were not so good for the environment and discontinued their use in most instances. I do use a chemical to kill poison ivy in my yard, but otherwise I either pull or cut the weeds out if I don't like their look, particularly in the front yard. And while I'm on a well, I do not use a salt water conditioner and I rely on mother nature to water my yard. And this spring, it was a beautiful deep shade of green, it was very lush. But June and July have been lacking in rain, so my yard is more a shade of brown than green. Municipal tap water looks clean and clear, and generally is clean of bacteria and parasites. However, the chemicals used to treat water generally remain in the water. Then there are the pharmaceuticals and over-the-counter drugs, which the EPA says they have no way or procedures of removing them. In 2008, in the city of Philadelphia, 56 pharmaceuticals or their byproducts were discovered in treated city water. This is a growing concern and should not be ignored. The idea of adding fluoride to the water to improve your teeth when they tell you swallowing your toothpaste with fluoride is harmful to your body doesn't make much sense. But fluoride has other properties that may make it beneficial for the governments to use, but not for the people. And fluoride is such a small molecule that it's very difficult to remove. Now, there are toxins and contaminants like chlorine and trihethylmethanes, THMs, that are easily removed with a carbon filter. Chloroamines are another chemical common in municipally treated city waters. They erode rubber gaskets. They react with lead and lead solder in plumbing, which leads to toxic amount of lead being released into the drinking water. Carbon filters can remove a small amount of chloroamines, but generally they require a catalytic carbon filter, and they are not inexpensive. There are so many different pesticides, herbicides, pharmaceuticals, that filtering them all out of the water is problematic. There is a filtration medium known as zeolite that traps many pharmaceuticals and heavy metals. Now, most pesticides are organic and can be removed by a carbon filter. But if there's a heavy load, then one has to replace those filters more often. 
You can get point of use filters for your sinks and showers. Make sure that they have a good amount of carbon and a material known as KDF that will capture many contaminants. Take a few steps to improve the quality of water in your neighborhood and your location. Filter the water coming into your home to protect you and your family. In the last episode, I talked about toxic items that you may have in your household, that when you look at them, you don't think about them being toxic. One major item in your bedroom is your mattress. And unfortunately, many mattresses are often filled with chemicals, which is disappointing because that's where you spend about a third of your life. Almost every standard mattress has been treated with PBDEs, polybrominated diphenyl ethers. Any number of studies have shown them to be harmful to the thyroid, the liver, and brain tissue in animal studies. The other problem is that they're persistent. They don't break down very well. And research from both Europe and the United States show rising levels of PBDEs in breast milk. Today, beds are made out of wool, cotton, latex, synthetic latex, polyurethane foam. The two worst materials are the polyurethane foam and synthetic latex because they release volatile organic compounds, which you breathe in as you're sleeping. About five years ago, I was looking for a new mattress and it got to the major stores and online. And then I went to a specialty shop and I lucked out and found a natural latex mattress with an organic cotton covering. And it was the last one they had. And they were looking to sell it at a greatly reduced cost. If you have pillows made of synthetic foam, you might consider switching them out for pillows with natural non-toxic filling like wool or cotton. Another source of chemicals and toxins in your home are carpets. Again, they, they contain flame retardant chemicals. And if you're familiar with that new carpet smell, those are volatile organic compounds off-gassing into your home. And if you have waterproofing or stain-resistant treatments, you're adding more chemicals to your home and can result in serious respiratory health and possibly increased risk of asthma. You can choose not to have waterproofing or stain resistance added to your carpets. Vacuuming with a HEPA filter is a way to reduce the contaminants. It won't eliminate them. You can choose to install wood, tile, or bamboo products where possible that are in agreement with your pocketbook. Furniture is another possible source of toxins and contaminants. I like real wood furniture. So most of the furniture in my house is made of wood. So that's really not a big issue for me. But upholstered furniture usually has some sort of foam in it, which means that it has got flame retardant chemicals in it and they cause problems. Fortunately, my upholstered furniture is rather old. So most of the off-gassing has already occurred. Furniture made out of composite wood materials often contains formaldehyde and other carcinogenic chemicals, which then means you need to consider your kitchen cabinets, your kitchen, kitchen cupboards. If they're made out of wood composite, 
then they may also be leaking formaldehyde. Just like that new carpet smell, you can have that new paint smell, which means VOCs from the paint are off-gassing into your house, into your rooms. Now, the paint industry has been responsive to this, and you can choose low or no VOC paints when you're ready to redecorate any room. And of course, open windows when and where possible. I'm sure you're thrilled to learn about all the chemical toxins and hazards in your home. Not, but information is power. And if you do some additional research, you'll be able to find some additional solutions that work for you, your situation, and pocketbook. There are still more items to go over, but I'll leave that for a different episode. Have you ever been tested for heavy metals? I did. Samples were collected from my hair, urine, and blood. I did the heavy metal testing because I've worked in a variety of industries and laboratories and wanted to make sure the processes and procedures that had been used had not exposed me to excessive heavy metals. And my test results were very good, but I still chose to do chelation therapy, which is one way to remove heavy metals and possibly other contaminants and toxins from your body. At the time, it was a six-week procedure using an IV drip for three hours. So I just read a book for the chelation therapy sessions. We did another heavy metal test at the end of chelation therapy and removed what little heavy metal contamination was present. But there are simple things you can do to prepare for any form of detox. You want to remove all sources of exposure to heavy metals. The two most prominent are aluminum pans that you want to toss away and the amalgam silver mercury fillings in your mouth. Removing the silver mercury amalgams is a process in and of itself and you need a biological dentist and you need to ask them what their procedures are for this. You want high filtration rates in the room, oxygen being provided to you as well as the dentist and the technicians wearing the appropriate gear. Next, you want all your elimination pathways, your kidneys, liver, bowel, lymph systems to be open and functioning, which means you don't want to be retaining water and you don't want to be constipated before you begin a, de a detoxification process. The next step is to supplement with some B vitamins and foods high in sulfur, like garlic, onions, broccoli, that will help open and maintain those pathways so that the toxins and chemicals can be eliminated. Then you want to add some essential minerals like calcium, magnesium, and zinc so that your tissues are supported in the detox procedure. And the last step before you begin a detox procedure is to raise your glutathione, which is a very powerful antioxidant. You can supplement with NAC, cysteine, hydrochloride, and or alpha-lipoic acid. And if you supplement with glutathione, you need to use liposomal glutathione because digestion will destroy glutathione if it's not in liposomal form. Once you've removed toxic materials and built your body up for two or three weeks, then you can proceed to detox protocols of your choice. Go slow. Don't be in a hurry. 
These toxins and chemicals have been building in your body for years and you don't want to release them all at once, circulate them, and not feel good. So be the tortoise and not the hare. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of Infinite Possibilities Abound. I hope your week is filled with good health and happiness. I'm your host, Debbie Waisner. Have a wonderful week, everyone.